Good morning, church. I have a question for you this morning. What is a storm? A few years ago, Alex and I were on holiday in Switzerland. On our first evening there, we witnessed an incredible thunderstorm. We could see it in the distance on the mountains at the far side of the valley. And as we watched, we could see the sheets of rain, the thunder and the lightning sweep in across the valley as it approached us. And I felt really excited watching it, knowing that I was perfectly safe and dry in the apartment. But seeing the power move across in front of us and then go up the mountains on the other side of the valley, it was phenomenal. But what is a storm? The one I experienced in Switzerland was called a storm, but it was exhilarating and phenomenal to watch. Storms are more often associated with things that are really quite bad. The point at which we might describe a situation as a storm is when it becomes out of control, unpredictable, and makes you feel terrified. It might be like a child who has a high fever. You've seen it before, you've given them cowpole, you're mopping down their brow, you're letting them rest as much as possible. But then maybe they start fitting and suddenly it feels like you need to call in additional help. That is when it feels like a storm. When we have invited Jesus into our lives, he is always in the boat. That never changes. But today we're looking at what happens next. The truth is that life with Jesus does not mean that nothing goes wrong. He's not an insurance policy. We will all face real storms in our lives which we, like the disciples, feel like we're in real danger. But today we're looking at a story that tells us Jesus is always with us through the storms and he has power over the storms. But the power of God at work is not about bringing a quick fix to our problems. It is about closeness with God, relationship regardless of what comes. The story we're looking at today is in three of the Gospels, all of which we will dip into, but let's read the passage through first of all in Matthew 8 verse 23 to 27. Matthew 8 says, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. 
So the storm hits and the disciples hurriedly wake Jesus up. What's the first thing they say to him? Well, Mark's gospel puts it like this. Don't you care that we're going to drown? I love the honest response of the disciples. They show their disappointment with Jesus. I mean, are we even allowed to be disappointed with Jesus? If we're all honest, all of us have had times in our lives when we want to ask the same question. God, don't you care? But it feels like a question that we're not meant to ask if we're good Christians. For me, I am relieved that right here we are given permission to ask that question. Don't you care? Don't you care that this pandemic is still wreaking havoc around the world, even when we've cried out to you? Don't you care that I've been praying since I was 13 years old for healing of the RSI in this wrist and it's still not better? Don't you care, God, that I have been praying with my friend for 13 years who struggles acutely with mental health problems and yet Every time it feels like a small victory is won, she takes a step back again. Don't you care, God? When I was at university, I was in an accountability trio with two other wonderful women. And there was a place that we used to visit called Wes. It was a secret location because it felt quite vulnerable going there. When we got there, we would hurl rocks into the sea we would yell our frustrations our disappointments our anger with god and do you know we always came away feeling better i think that until we let god into the whole situation including how we truly feel we're not allowing god to break in and do what only he can do Because here's the thing, God loves relationship with us. He longs for us to tell him how we feel, even those ugly bits. He can take it. And I honestly don't think he's offended. It's like when we share our emotions with others whom we can trust. We let them in deeper into our hearts and it strengthens our relationships. That is never more true than with God. The disciples' reaction was vulnerable. Don't you care? But from that place, Jesus took them into deeper relationship with him, demonstrating his power in the midst of the storm. So the disciples have got Jesus awake. They've been honest about their disappointments. Now what? Perhaps they were thinking that he might help bail out the boat or get the sails securely down, or maybe that he'd help row to shore. But instead of all that, Jesus speaks to, he rebukes the wind and the waves, and they immediately become calm. We know that the disciples didn't expect that, because Mark tells us they were absolutely terrified by it. But why didn't they expect it when they've already seen him do so many miracles already? 
The Old Testament has many passages in it which speak about the authority of God over nature, particularly the wind and waves. As an example, Psalm 107 says that those at sea observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. So here's the thing. The Old Testament said that God had power over the storm. And here is Jesus demonstrating that same power over the waters. The disciples say to one another, who is this man? Even the wind and waves obey him. The disciples underestimated Jesus's ability to deal with a crisis. Honestly, so do I. I try to figure things out by myself or I go to my husband for help or maybe I come up with a solution and ask God if that's okay. But in my storm, whatever it might be, Jesus is God and he is there with me in it. In Matthew 8, the storm is calmed, but we all know that it isn't always. And that can really hurt. Paul experienced that firsthand in Acts 27. The ship that he was being taken to Rome on was in a storm for 14 days. Now, I don't really get seasick, but I imagine that if I was in a storm for 14 days, I'd find it in me. Now, Paul was a man of faith. I expect he would have asked for an end to the storm. But instead, he says this to those with whom he was on the ship in Acts 27. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. I find it almost amusing here that the good news that God sends to Paul is that he can still stand trial before Caesar. Hooray! I love Paul's faith that he knew he was in God's hands. He was journeying in relationship with God. And so even though the storm raged on and the trial would go ahead, Paul was not to be afraid because God was with him, strengthening him to endure. It wasn't about the power of God bringing a quick fix to the problem. It was about relationship. When I was six and my brother Ben was eight, our family experienced a storm a bit like the ones we've been talking about today when Ben was in a pretty nasty car accident. He was seriously injured and required hours of surgery to rebuild his left hand. At one point, the surgeon wondered if he would be able to save Ben's thumb or if he would need to move the little finger into that place. We were warned that it would probably have major implications on his hand 
for the rest of his life and that he would certainly never be able to play musical instruments again. It was horrific living through it. He was in hospital for 10 days and then off school for six months. Our family went through a really heavy storm. And yet Ben will tell you that if he were to rewrite his life, he would still go through that storm of the car accident. Why? Why would you ever choose a storm? Well, through it, God showed us how much he cared for us and how much he could do. The surgeon never did move his little finger. Ben today has all his fingers and thumbs and has excellent movement in his hands. He plays the piano and the guitar to a very high standard and he is not at all compromised by his hand. We had around 2,000 people praying for Ben and our family at that time and one day the surgeon came to my parents and said this, I don't know what those people are doing who are praying for you, but tell them to keep doing it because I have never seen anything like it. We would never have seen the miraculous if we hadn't endured the storm. And it was painful and it was hard, but our spiritual lives for all of us were never the same because it deepened our relationship with God. 25 years later, I still look back on this story and remember God's faithfulness through the storm and the foundation that it set for my relationship with him. Even though the storm didn't quieten immediately at the time, God still had power over it. He still had the victory. While preparing this talk, I was reminded of a prophetic word that Amy Ward brought at the beginning of lockdown last year. It's a powerful word reminding us of God's truth and I would like to read you parts of it. She said this. It was Jesus who said that they should cross the lake. It was his plan, his idea, his will. Jesus's plans cannot be stopped. If Jesus says we are going to the other side, then the disciples could have confidence that even if there was a huge storm, they would get to the other side. So what words from Jesus to you can you hold on to? What is the last thing that Jesus said to you? What did he say on the shore of the lake before the storm hit? Perhaps there was a specific promise or word that God has given you that's personal to your situation that you can hold on to. Or perhaps you are holding on to the promises in the word of God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be discouraged or afraid. I am with you wherever you go. I hold the keys to death and the grave. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I have come to bring you life and life in all its fullness. He is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. God is for me, so who can be against me? Let's hold on to the words of Jesus through the storm. That is where our peace comes from. Trusting that he keeps his promises, that he is our anchor, that his word is alive and active, sharper than a double edged sword. Jesus was there with the disciples, teaching them that he was enough, that his power is made perfect in our weakness. And the fact that the disciples didn't hide their emotions, but allowed Jesus to meet them in that place. It was about relationship. Sometimes God saves us from the storm and sometimes he saves us in it. As Phil reflected last week, we often don't understand why some healings take place and others don't. Why some storms quieten in an instant and others rage on. Jesus has won the victory, but the battle is not quite over. But we do know that God is with us in our storm. He is pursuing relationship with us and wanting to walk it with us. The external storm may not calm as it did for the disciples, but our internal storm will be at peace when we invite the power of God in as he strengthens us to endure it. Storms will happen in our lives. Having Jesus in the boat with us does not prevent that. But whatever my storm, Jesus is there with me always. I know that he does have the power to quieten the storm, And so our first response should be to ask him to do so. Sometimes it stops prematurely, but often we have to walk through it knowing he's right there with us. Our storm will end. The Bible gives us promises about not being overwhelmed. We can cling on to those promises, write them out and put them somewhere that we will see it regularly. We can ask friends to pray for us, to stand alongside us. I love that it was the disciples in the boat together. We don't have to do it alone. For myself, I find that playing worship music really is helpful when I feel numb to everything else. It changes the atmosphere and declares that God is in charge. Calming the storm may not look how we expect it to. It may not be stilled waters. It may not be a warm reception for the power of God, but it will be closeness with God. Relationship, regardless of what comes. Because the power of God is not about the quick fix to our problems. It is about Jesus 
walking with us day by day and equipping us with the strength to endure. I'd like to pray with us to close. Father God, thank you that you are always with us, that you never leave us, you never abandon us. Father God, thank you that you do have the power and that you are at work. Whether or not that is to calm the storm or to strengthen us to keep going. Father God, would we know today, wherever we're at, whether or not we're in sunshine, in a happy place, or if we are in the middle of a storm, would you show us, God, that you are with us, that you love us. And would you give us the power, the strength that comes from you to endure it. Amen.